As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome in, everybody. Another Racing Presidents podcast here on NBC Sports Washington and also wherever you find podcasts. Hopefully you have subscribed to this podcast, whether it be on iTunes or wherever you find it. Your podcast, your podcast shopping is, I guess, one way to put it. It's myself, Tim Murray. Todd Dibus is, of course, here. He is our Nats insider. Follow Todd on Twitter. If you're not so already, at Todd underscore Dibus. If you want to follow me, hey, I'll take it. At one Tim Murray. Todd, it is January 3rd as we hit record on this podcast. And yet again, we have news to report, I guess, just more interesting reports out there. The latest is that the Nats and Bryce Harper have continued conversations, which seems a bit, a little odd, knowing that last time we heard from uh, one of the Lerner family, Mark Lerner, it was that we're out of the Bryce Harper business. How much do we believe in this? And is this a possibility still that the Nats could re-sign Bryce Harper? I think there's a duality here of, they're do, continuing to do their due diligence and, and talking with Scott Boris, and they have a very good relationship with, and we know the Lerner family and Scott Boris go back a ways, and those are the two factions who are going to be deciding this. So it's not surprising to me that they would have another conversation. I do think a layer of this is a little brinksmanship of, you know, we heard Mark Lerner, as you alluded to, say that they were basically out of this. And then Mike Rizzo kept telling us that the doors are open. And then Scott Boris told us, well, we'll listen to whatever they have to say, and the doors are open. And so now it could be a little bit of a repositioning of where they are publicly in the negotiations. And at the least, they're making other teams think, hey, maybe the Nationals still are part of this mix, uh, even if they're really not. So that's an improvement over their previous stance of, hey, we're out and we're not going to be able to drive up the price because we just said we're out. Um, this is a this is a bit better to at least make people think at a minimum that you're still kind of involved here and you can push the price a little bit. And as well, of course, you can see how you fit in the equation. I think there's a lot of ways to, to look at this situation, and you alluded to it a little bit. And, you know, the Lerner family – they're in, in the business of not only winning, but selling tickets, keeping fan bases happy, which is kind of a, an ironic thing considering maybe another owner in Washington, D.C., but that's 
for a different podcast to discuss, not our podcast. How legitimate do you think this is? Because was Mark Lerner telling the truth? Was he just upset when he spoke to, uh, you know, 106.7 The Fan? I think there's a lot of ways you could look at this. You could look at it, A, the Nats are still in it legitimately and might bring Bryce Harper back at whatever, 10 for 300 or whatever it might be. B, that this is just to kind of get back in, just to save face and say, yeah, we're meeting with them. And, and maybe a little bit of a combo of the two is that, like you hit on, Scott Boris does have a great relationship with the Lerner family, and maybe they didn't want to fracture that relationship. So after his press conference uh, out in Las Vegas where he took a couple shots at Mark Lerner, maybe, you know, Ted wasn't too happy about it. I just... There's a lot. I think there's a. It's it's very complex in my opinion. This whole situation, and I'm still not. I still kind of believe that the Nats, knowing how they've gone about things, probably don't want to spend three hundred and fifty plus million dollars on Bryce Harper. Um, but they they still want to talk to him since he's still out there and available. Yeah, this kind of process makes a lot more sense to me than the initial process did. Uh, when they were announcing that we're just out and we offered $300 million, well, they announced that that was re- reported by the Washington Post, um, that there was a 10-year $300 million deal on the table. And Mark Lerner just saying, well, throwing his hands up and saying, that's the best we can do. Thanks, Bryce. Uh, all, all the best. And that, <laughs> that approach didn't make a lot of sense to me at the time. Um, this approach makes a lot more sense to me. Again, whether what portion of this is smoke and what portion of this is fire, I do think in a, in more of a fun, fantastical way, Tim. One thing that we haven't discussed enough is what if they pay him a bunch of money and he comes back and they win multiple World Series pretty quickly and they almost graduate to the unlikable team. Like, I feel like in the National League, we don't have enough villainy. We don't have the unlikable teams. You know, the Dodgers going to back-to-back World Series, you know, they're fine. If you're not a San Francisco Giants fan, like, who do you look at, at the, on the Dodgers and say, man, I really just don't like that team. They're not enjoyable. Um, so that would be a fun twist for me. I'm totally taking this down a different road than the negotiations road. But uh, at some point, we need that team that everybody's kind of rooting for, that Yankees feel. And if the learner wanted to give a Yankees feel to the Nationals, they can go around saying, hey, every year's World Series are bust, which they did at the Davey Martinez press conference. Desire and passion to bring a world championship here to Washington, and uh, we're going to get it done. And they can double down on that with a whole lot of cash by re-signing Bryce Harper and piling him on top of what is already a pretty well-situated outfield. Now, this is kind of a topic that, you know, maybe you'd hit on a little bit later, but I'm just curious your thoughts on it. And uh, Jeff Passan wrote an article uh, about how the free agency world is waiting on on Manny and Bryce Harper, Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. And, of course, those two guys Mm -hmm. don't care. Uh, They want to make sure they get the best situation that is for them. But how true is that? Like Patrick Corbin, you know, he's the top – he was the top arm, and he obviously seemed to, you know, not really care and said, all right, I'm just going to go sign my deal with the Nationals, and and the Nationals were very happy about that. But, you know, your A.J. Pollocks of the world, your – Yasmani Grandals, your DJ LeMayhews. I, I don't know. Does Dallas Keuchel fit in this? To I, I feel like Dallas Keuchel shouldn't fit in this uh, unless 
you know, the White Sox or the Phillies are waiting to see, you know, which domino falls. You know, how true is that? Is the baseball world, are these teams, we talked about the Phillies multiple times. They've said they want to spend stupid money. Well, if they can't get these two premier free agents, then maybe they are waiting to sign these other guys. So, you know, how much are these other players waiting on the Machados and the Harpers? I think to a degree. You know, and I think you have a great point about Patrick Corbin. He saw a deal that was really good for him and a situation that was really good for him. So he said, let's, let's knock this out, right, and let's, let's not wait. Some people thought the Nationals overpaid for him, which is all the reason for the player to be like, I'm taking that deal right now. There, there's no reason to wait. Just how much more are you going to get um, from different places? So I do think kind of those secondary guys, this influences them a bit. And it's also your roster, right, eventually. Like, which hole are you filling, an infield hole or an outfield hole with $350 million? And then what are you going to do after the fact when you're able to plug in those two spots? So it's an interesting combination. But I I don't think Alex Keuchel should be reliant on this. Like, that sort of thing, to me, should be something that is is already done and, and has long been done. Um, and I will mention one other thing in, in, in Passon's reporting that he mentioned that this with Bryce Harper could drag into February. And to me, that kind of eliminates teams like the Cubs if it goes that long because they would have to shuffle a bunch of parts and, and move money over here and get money out over here. And once February hits, it's pretty much too late to do that. So their wiggle room um, will be eliminated. We saw the Dodgers create wiggle room for themselves what, a week, 10 days ago now. So we haven't seen the Cubs do that. And as this drags on further, teams like the Cubs who would have to clear space and financially in order to make any of this work, this makes it more and more difficult for them if it actually does move into February. So let's get back to where Bryce Harper could land. And I can't see it, Todd. I can't see him going to Chicago to play for the White Sox. I could see him playing for the Cubs. I could see him playing for the Dodgers. I could see him playing for the Phillies. The Yankees, I certainly could, but, you know, Brian Cashman has said, we don't we don't want Bryce Harper. We're not going to spend that money, whatever it is. Can we eliminate the Chicago White Sox, or could the White Sox be a, a Texas Ranger type when they signed Alex Rodriguez? To me, I don't see it because I feel like Bryce Harper wants to win Chicago, if you went to Chicago, it would be for a historic franchise like the Cubs. Yes, I know the White Sox won a World Series in you know 2005, but I don't look at the Chicago White Sox as a historical franchise. Do you think the Chicago White Sox truly are a player in Bryce Harper? They sure don't feel like one to me. I mean, they lost 100 games last year, and most importantly, who is going to be pitching for them if they sign Bryce Harper? Reynaldo Lopez? Lucas Giolito, two guys we're very familiar with. Lopez was pretty good last year. Giolito was arguably the worst starter in the major leagues. And so who else is going to be making starts while Bryce Harper is getting his 600 at-bats? James Shields led them in innings last year. They're not bringing him back, um, which is not surprising. And after that, they have some young guys in the pipeline, but you know, a whole lot of I don't knows and and injured Michael Kopik. So it just doesn't make any sense to me. There's such a long ways to go in Chicago. I don't understand why he would go there in regards to the White Sox. I don't understand why Harper would go there. And frankly, I don't understand why they would be even involved in this. I don't understand why he would be a fit for them. 
a team that's so far away. This is not the kind of process we see in vogue now, right? If you're far away, then you're really stripping down to bare bones. And then once you're getting close, then maybe, you know, you shoot a rocket and you bring somebody of this ilk in to kind of push it over. But I think Justin Verlander with the Astros, right? They had all their young guys after years of losing, and then here's Verlander, and wow, look at these, look at this group that they put together. So for now, the White Sox, out of all the names out there, the White Sox absolutely make the least amount of sense to me, barring, as you said, a Tom Hicks situation where the, the finances are just so high that Harper ends up not being able to say no because there's such a gap between what the White Sox are offering and what everybody else is offering. Do you think that Bryce Harper, and we know not his, his complete mindset, but we know where he comes from. He's a fan of the history of the game. We all kind of believe that he wants to be the highest paid player in the history of baseball. He's also 26 years old. And, mm-hmm. you know, if he signed a five-year deal, he could get another massive deal five years down the road. And with the longevity of players and the production of players, you know, why does it, it seems like everywhere you look, you know, teams don't want to give out the 10 year deal, whether it's the Bryce Harper or Manny Machado. Do you think that is the fixation right now for Bryce Harper is that he has to get 10 years? Because I I would imagine teams like the Dodgers or just using the Dodgers they would be willing to give him the highest annual salary for five or six years. Why does it have to be 10 years? Is it because of that total that John Carlos Stanton brought in from the Marlins? Yeah, I think anything that says 10 years for Bryce Harper and, you know, with Scott Boris involved, isn't actually going to be for their hard and fast 10 years. It's going to be voted with opt-out. And from a team perspective, I had one general manager tell me, General managers don't have a problem with the opt-outs, especially in this case. Bryce Harper is 26 years old. So you want to be able to opt-out after four years or five years? So I get you, this is the general manager speaking, I get you from age 26 to age 30 or age 26 to age 31. Thank you very much. Go ahead and opt-out after that. You're giving me your best years and financial flexibility as a back end. The trick is how the opt-outs are aligned. And if you look at Steven Strasburg, opt-out, his biggest salary is the last year in his contract. So there's very little motivation for him to leave when he has, you know, $40 million plus looming in the final season of his contract. So the devil's going to be in the details as always. We're going to hear perhaps 10 years on the surface, but what that actually becomes will be the most interesting part. Often ten, those 10-year things, you mentioned Stanton. He didn't stay in Miami after signing that massive extension. You mentioned A-Rod. He didn't stay in Texas after signing that massive deal. He got moved. So, you know, there's there's no guarantee once the initial 10 years is signed that the player is staying there for 10 years. Yeah, and I think a lot of people point to the Albert Pujols deal in Los mm-hmm. Angeles as, as certainly one that is that is not panned out. Um, yeah, it'll be fascinating. Do you think you know, all we hear about, we, we've heard about the Dodgers. You know, maybe they don't want to go to 10 years. We, we've heard the, about the White Sox. Uh, both you and I, I think, are in agreement that, that that doesn't seem like a legitimate fit. Philadelphia, certainly, with, uh, with the ability to spend the money. Um, it, do you think there is a you, – you always hear about it. And, and the Nats have been it a, a couple of times. I, I think they might have been 
the secret team when it came to Max Scherzer, if, if my memory serves me correctly. You know, do you think there are, and we've heard it more so about Manny than Bryce, but do you think there are a couple maybe late teams to the party, teams that find some uh, Christmas money or, or something that and say, let's go for it, let's go get Bryce Harper? If there was going to be one, I would assume it would be the New York Yankees. They, Scott Boris said, don't forget about Mark Teixeira, which a while back the Yankees said, oh, there's no chance we're doing that, and then there he is on a huge deal. So you kind of have these, battling public comments between Brian Cashman and Scott Boris. And Scott Boris has a valid point when he says the Yankees may say they're out, but they're never out until it's over. So with their, you know, what's at their disposal to me, that would be the only team that can kind of creep in here, you know, and I asked a couple folks at the winter meetings, what they generally think about mystery teams. And I'll be writing about this shortly on NBC sports, Washington. And a lot of them, some of them aren't buying it, um, including Mike Rizzo doesn't really think mystery teams are a thing. He doesn't put any stock in it. And other general managers think, you know, you got to pay attention to everything so that you have the full amount of information to draw from when you're trying to make a decision to figure out who you're actually negotiating against because you never truly know. So in this case, it seems like there's a pretty small and pretty clear market, um, and it's these places we anticipated it would be a few months ago and we're just here kind of ticking days off the calendar and we moved into a new calendar and we're still ticking days off the calendar waiting for these guys to decide what they're going to do. We joked about stupid money. The Philadelphia Phillies, as we're recording this on Thursday afternoon, looks like they have signed David Robertson to a two-year mm-hmm. deal. David Robertson will come on. Swing and a miss. Guaranteeing him for $23 million. $10 million this year, $11 million 2020, and $12 million club option in 2021 with a $2 million buyout. It's a lot of money for David Robertson. It is a lot of money for David Robertson. The guy that it, Mike Rizzo, I don't know if he was the White Sox deal, were they hung up on Robertson? Because I, I always thought that should have been a throw in. With that, with the Adam Eaton deal, and uh, you know Lucas Giolito, Reynaldo Lopez, Dane Dunning going to Chicago, I always thought that Mike Rizzo should have just been like, "Give us David Robertson. Come on, you don't want him at this salary. <laughs> just, just give him to us." And they refused to, and he eventually got traded a little bit later on. But uh, yeah, that's that's a lot of money. Phillies right now made one good trade with for Segura. They've also signed Robertson and. Uh, McCutcheon. They signed McCutcheon to a pretty yeah. big deal. So this is it's been a very odd Philadelphia Phillies uh, offseason so far. Yeah, and it's kind of the danger of having a lot of money is that you can screw up in how you spend it. You know, you referenced another local team in town at the at the top of this podcast. I'll reference another local team in town that had a lot of money in the summer of 2016 and had a couple ways in particular wanted to spend it wasn't able to, and that led to multiple errors that have been haunting them ever since. And I'm assuming everybody knows who I'm talking about there. So that's the danger of kind of being ready to throw all this out when you have it instead of being a little more measured in in what you're doing. The Phillies have been really interesting. It's going to be an interesting group, especially with Gabe Kapler. He's an interesting guy. Uh, And I think if you are picking your destination and you're an everyday player, you have to kind of get along with how Gabe Kapler is. He's a different guy, and I think that works for a lot of people. And for some guys, that may be a challenge. And 
one thing we know about Bryce Harper is he really likes Davey Martinez, and he hasn't liked all the managers he's had since he's been in Washington, but he does like Davey Martinez. He has a good relationship with Mike Rizzo. He's a good relationship with the Lerner family. A lot of those things are already in place for him here, but again, what are the finances going to be in the end from the Washington Nationals ownership group? How long do you think this this stands? How long do you think this goes for? Do you still believe that Manny will be the first to sign? And is there the possibility that this thing goes until February or so? Yeah, Tim, I'm anticipating this wraps up around 2023, maybe 2024. <laughs> When you and I are doing who knows what, I do really think that Machado has to go first and kind of get that out of the way. And and if he goes to the Yankees, then that certainly takes them out of the Bryce Harper situation if they aren't already out of it. And then after that, Harper gets to decide what he wants to do. Does he want, quote unquote, stupid money from Philly if it's distinctly different than anywhere else? Does he want a huge bundle from the White Sox if they are going to offer that up? Does he want all the things the Dodgers can offer him and all those things that we've been through before on this podcast from proximity to legacy to winning to culture to obviously a very good contract or does he want what the Nationals can provide him, which has a lot of positives as well, but we don't know if the money is going to be right. So eventually we'll get there. It's going to be fascinating to me if this drags in the spring training because, you know, everybody should be there around February 15th, 16th. And uh, if he's not signing until like the first week of February, that's going to be just a a wild situation. I mean, guys are already going to be heading down to Florida, if not already there, and he's going to still be out on the market somehow. That's going to be very, very interesting. Well, we will wait and uh, see how the Bryce turns as this continues to to give us uh, storylines. I'm sure you and uh, all your reporting brethren are just thrilled that this is continuing to drag on and on, and on, and likely will continue to drag on and on and on. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So, do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. All right, folks, there you have it. Todd Dibus at Todd underscore Dibus. Read his great work, NBCSports.com backslash Washington. My name is Tim Murray. We'll be back with you next week for another edition of the Racing Presidents Podcast. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.